The Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast, Japan 2019. This is episode 13. I'm Liam Flint. I'm Tom Ellis. And today we've had a day of travels. We've been off, we've been to a Buddhist temple. We've been to a Shinto shrine and we almost had octopus balls, but it's not all as it seems. It was just octopus in a ball of dough, so don't get the wrong idea there. So it was a day off today for everybody concerned with the rugby. A rest day, but tomorrow we go again. Um, I just remembered something. One of the best things about today was we bumped into Champagne, who featured on the podcast yesterday, who we bumped into at the sumo wrestling. He helped us, showed us to, showed us to our seats. And then going to the Shinto shrine, who was it? Champagne again. Bumped into him again, got a little photo. Like, what's the chances of that when in Tokyo, a metropolitan area of 38 million people, we bump into the same guy two days running? So, fascinating story, Champagne. So, got, got to get that one in. Tom, let's just quickly look ahead to those matches France versus USA, New Zealand versus Canada. What are your initial thoughts? Okay, so yeah, New Zealand against Canada. The All Blacks will be refreshed because they've had an 11-day break following their victory against South Africa in Pool B. The longest break anyone's had so far, I believe, in this tournament, where this Canada have had just five days to recover against their defeat to Italy. So it could be a long night for them. But interesting story. Canadian centre Connor Trainer will be raring to go for this one because it will be eight years to the day that he scored two tries against New Zealand in the 2011 World Cup. The only player to have done so in the past four World Cup tournaments. And an equally interesting story ahead of this game. All three Barrett's brothers are going to be playing in this game. There was a feature about them today. All three of them in the squad how proud their parents must be. They're all going to be lining up tomorrow. Why are you looking at me like that? No, no, it's amazing. <laughs> I, was, I was just, I was agreeing. Sorry, that, I was, looks, I right. was frowning, but I was like, frowning in empathy for the what the parents must I thought I'd got my research wrong there, but no, I'm sure. <laughs> Watch out for the three Barretts. See if you can predict who will be the best of the Barretts. We're all fearing for Canada here. And then, Tom, France, USA could have another one-sided one here. USA could take another rollicking or can they actually put up a fight against the French? Yeah, well, I think the French will come up against a very determined athletic USA side following the USA's defeat to England. They're making 12 changes, France, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I think ultimately they'll be looking for a bonus point victory in this one. Uh, there were some worries, actually, that this game might have even been called off due to an incoming typhoon, Typhoon Mittag. But fear not, World Rugby have made assurances that the typhoon is heading away from the Japanese coast. So there you go. We'll leave that there, wait for tomorrow's games. But back to today. We took some time out to meet up with Will Thompson, who is the Japan Director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He's doing work out in Tokyo around the Rugby World Cup. And we last interviewed him in 2016. So there's a perfect opportunity for us to catch up and also find out about what he's doing around the Rugby World Cup. Have a listen. OK, so here we are. We're on our travels once again, but we haven't gone very far. We're still actually in Starbucks at the minute. We have Will Thompson here, who is the Japan National Director with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Will, thank you so much for your time. Could you just tell us what your role with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes actually entails? Sure. Thanks for having me. Here in Japan, we really, there's less than half a percent that are believers. And even on top of that, there's very little sports ministry happening. So in Japan, they love their sports. They love 
they love uh, particularly baseball, um, soccer's growing, rugby's growing, it's an exciting time here. So, what, But our focus with FCA is we're trying to um, reach out to coaches and athletes, trying to go especially to and through the coaches because they have the influence in the sports world. So um, our vision is to see the world transform for Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. So that's, that's our main focus here. And how long have you now been operating out of Japan and been here working for FCA? Yeah, I've been here the last seven and a half years. I grew up here when I was a kid for five years, So, but we've been doing FCA here now the last seven and a half years. I'm sure you've worked with a lot of great athletes, people to hear about their stories and hopefully reach the people here in Japan. Who's been one of the standout athletes that you've had the, the pleasure of working with, someone you aspire to, who would that be? Yeah, so the first athlete that we actually came over here to work with is a guy by the name of Matt Merton. He played baseball here for six years for the Hanshin Tigers in Osaka, and uh, he God granted him a lot of success, and with that, he had a huge platform, and he used it for the kingdom to share the gospel, and so he still is probably the, the gold standard thus far here. I love his heart, love his influence, but also his willingness to use influence. Even my personal story, my dream was to come back one day after living here as a kid and, and play baseball here and use the platform to share the gospel. So. Matt actually got to do what my dream was, but my role was to be, support him and guys like him. So he definitely is probably the number one. In terms of rugby, we have rugby World Cup going on right now. Uh, Timo Tagaloa, former All Black, and also played for Samoa in the 91 World Cup. He's been awesome coming in. He works with Athletes in Action New Zealand, and he's come in the last several years doing a lot of rugby clinics in the community with rugby schools, also elementary, middle school, high school visits, and so that's been a pleasure working with him as well. And of course, you've already alluded to it, the Rugby World Cup is here right now, we're in the thick of it. What projects are you guys, as Fellowship Christian Athletes, running out at the minute? What are you working on? You've been building up for a long time for this. Well, the big project we've been working on and that we produced was the Rugby uh, Sports Bible. So the last several years, we produced a Japanese baseball Bible, and that, so that, that being a series of testimonies from different high-profile athletes and then a manga or Japanese comic version of the of the gospel the story of jesus and then also some qr codes to some websites and apps so we we had that in our heart to do for the rugby so we produced these resources we we printed ten thousand. they already have been depleted so we just ordered seven thousand that are uh, coming in today we're just looking at them here these sport rugby bibles you're giving out you've done it before with things like baseball how important and how much of a challenge is it to get it right so that people here locally appreciate it, especially with the artwork, with the text? Is it hard to kind of bridge that gap to become credible? Absolutely. I mean, Japan and Japanese culture highly value things that are well done, details. So you, you want to have top quality. And so we, we put in extra resources for to have a professional designer who works with a local sports magazine design the cover and the content so it's attractive to sports people. We wanted high quality paper material. And so, because we don't want it to just be a, a throwaway, toss away item, but we want it to be something that they are attracted to and can meet Jesus through. How important is it not only for Japan to be hosting the World Cup, but for them to actually perform on the pitch as well, on the field as well? How important is that for the legacy and for getting people caught up in the game? 
I think it's huge. I mean, the biggest, the best thing that could have happened for this World Cup was, number one, the Brighton upset four years ago against South Africa. All you got to do to promote this World Cup leading into it was just replay that highlight. But, but even for this World Cup, I mean, the upset against Ireland a few days ago was huge. And I think ultimately if Japan can make their first ever quarterfinal, that will just be huge not only for the game itself, but just the momentum, the excitement. Um, we're also ministry-wise looking ahead and preparing for the Olympics next year. And but for both of these tournaments, we we're, we're thinking, what is the legacy? You know, not not just for the sport of rugby, but what is the legacy for the kingdom? What is the legacy for sports ministry here? How can we continually build bridges between the sports world and the church world because there's such a huge gap here? So so I think the fact that Japan is playing well, I and mean, even and we talked about, you know, one of their game captain last match against Ireland having, you know, Psalm 23 on his wrist tape. I mean, not many people even picked up on that yet, but that's a legacy, I think, too. And so, uh, and, and when you think about rugby, too, it's really interesting that the Japanese rugby team, you know, not many of them look Japanese. You know, not many of them even are Japanese, but they are able to play because of various eligibility uh, rules. But I think that it does a lot to help Japanese kind of rethink what it is to be Japanese, what it is to be part of Japanese society. And I hope and pray that it gives more openness even to the gospel because a lot of times the gospel is viewed as a foreign uh, thing, a foreign religion. But that um, I, our prayer is that the rugby and again, the Olympics next year, you know, it just brings legacy for the kingdom here. And are you personally really confident in this legacy when you think Rugby World Cup, Olympics next year, for what you're doing, trying to reach people for the gospel, are you confident that what you're going to do here is really going to bear fruit and actually sport is an amazing vehicle to be able to reach people. This is such a platform, isn't it? Absolutely, and I mean, we just this last couple of weeks, and we've seen it also the months and years leading up to this point and other various activities, there's so many people who have been reached. There's so many people that have been exposed to the gospel, given rugby Bibles, heard the name of Jesus that otherwise they would not have been able to. I just got off the phone with one of our Scottish partners who's here helping coordinate the mission teams and doing some rugby clinics, and they went to a place ahead a, a landslide, I think, or it was either a typhoon or landslide a few weeks ago, and there's not even a church in that community. But he said that because they were able to go there, bring rugby clinics, uh, international uh, exchange opportunity, they were able to share the name of Jesus with almost a thousand people that have never heard it before. And that's really where we're at uh, spiritually in Japan. There's millions of people who have never heard the name of Jesus even. And so that's what sports does. It gives the opportunity to open open doors, bridge, build bridges that are otherwise wouldn't have been there. You know, had it just been a pastor or missionary who had gone to that community, you know, that, that wouldn't have been an open door, but because they have rugby skills, rugby, have something, you know, offering a rugby clinic during, and, and building on that excitement of the tournament, that's, those are the open doors. Okay, and just to finish, people might be listening to this and saying, really interesting, but why would you do something like this? Why have you given so much of your time? Why are you living in Japan to do this? What's your motivation for working with Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Yeah, I mean, I grew up here as a kid for five years. My dad worked for IBM, but uh, Lord really called our family out here, and little did we know it would be about me and, and me returning here one day. But, you know, just that experience when I was a kid really 
really broke my heart for the Japanese people, put a burden on my heart. And, but also, you know, I grew up always loving baseball, always loving sport. And um, so to be able to combine those passions and loves for Japan, Jesus, and sport, it's really been what my life's been about. And so I just, when I think about things that excite me and motivate me, there's nothing more really than getting to combine those three, other than, of course, my relationship with the Lord and my family, but being able to combine those three passions of my life for, for Japan, Japanese people, Japanese culture, but also the sport, um, the coaches and athletes here, and then, and then getting to share Jesus. I mean, there's really nothing that could be better. And so just getting to be here for such a, a momentous time as the Rugby World Cup and the Olympics, it's just exciting time. And we really believe that God's doing something here. There's a stirring and the spirit, there's God's preparing something like never before, in, in the, even in the history of Japan. And if you look back historically, Japan's been resistant to the gospel less than 1% for centuries. But we really believe we're on the cusp of something big, and it's not just sport, but that sport's going to be a spark to light a fire uh, spiritually here. Will Thompson there, who is the Japan Director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, just before we go, our favourite slot, the social media segment, we've been asking you a brand new question as of yesterday, and that was which player has stood out to you so far at this Rugby World Cup and why? Thank you to everybody who's been getting in touch. Tom? What's going on? So, Samuel from Kenya has been in touch. Samuel, you say Cheslin Colby. This guy never gives up. His line breaks are amazing. Courage Madzikatiri from Zimbabwe has said Kotaru Matsushima, the Japanese flyer with some Zimbabwean blood in him. The boy has really lived up to his inclusion in the Blossoms lineup, scoring tries and lighting up the crowd every time he has the ball in hand. Yeah, he's been a real star of the show so far, scoring that hat trick in the opener against Russia. A lot of you have said him. And finally, Michael Amondi from Kenya says Manu Tuolangi. He is unstoppable. OK, thanks for getting in touch. Keep them coming. We're loving hearing your views on the Rugby World Cup Japan 2019. If you want to get in touch, you can over WhatsApp. Our number is plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. The number again, plus four four seven seven zero seven 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 six seven nine zero. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Do join us again tomorrow where we're going to be speaking to South African rugby player and Japan qualifier Vili Brits. He plays his rugby in Japan and we're going to be meeting up with the flanker to chat all things rugby and the World Cup in downtown Tokyo. So stay tuned. But until then, I'm Liam Flint. And I'm Tom Ellis. And this is the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast, Japan 2019, which is a Passion for Sport production.